Welcome to Bound by Books. I'm your host, Tina Moss, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Sherry Hayes. How are you, Sherry? I am very well, Tina. <laughs> you? My, my intro was very snappy. Was it good? <laughs> perfect. Absolutely <laughs> perfect. We were, we were, for those of you listening, we were, um, <laughs> we were getting ready to start the podcast and I was like are you interested are you going to enter the intro Tina and she's like she's like yeah I'll do the intro she's like oh wait a minute what, what do I need to say now <laughs> it's only been like 50 episodes it's fine it's fine I got this actually no it was this is episode 65 is it really Can you believe wow. that this is episode 65 it does yeah. not I, I mean I cannot believe that we have been doing this for over a year. That's amazing. And we're already at the 65th episode. So when we get to 100, I'll be able to do the intro, no problem. Maybe, maybe, maybe 200 will give me more time. (laughs) I was going to say, are you sure 100 is going to be enough? That's only 40, what, 35, four episodes? 200. (laughs) Oh, so how have you, uh, how has, life been treating you you just got back right. from a, an epic vacation <laughs> yes didn't it's, you it's been the first uh, vacation besides the the Vegas conference last year for work which I, I don't consider that a vacation um, no it's been a couple years obviously we've had uh, a little situation with the with the world mm-hmm. so that's, that's expected things um but yeah I went on a cruise with my husband and we did um, the Nordic countries and also uh, Scotland. So we went to Denmark, Norway, Iceland, and Scotland. It was it was fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Did yeah. you do any like the Outlander like tour type stuff in so Scotland? We, no, we did go to um, Loch Ness. We did not see Old Nessie, unfortunately. We were on the lookout for her, but we didn't find her. Um, and we went to Edinburgh for a few hours and we were already wanting to desperately go back there. That city is amazing. It's unlike any other city I've ever seen. It's a, a writer and artist kind of paradise and they're mm. huge dog lovers. So I'm like, this, this is our <laughs> kind of town. <laughs> so that is definitely on the list to go back to. Oh, wow. That is awesome. And you, yeah, you got a break, which, which is good because now you are in like full writing mode, correct? I, you have I'm like... on deadline. I'm in the thick of it. As of this podcast, it will be Friday when Aliens Temptation book three of the sci-fi series comes out. <laughs> so that is I'm, excited awesome. for our, I'm excited for our topic today. Yes. going to be, go ahead, tell us, Sherry. <laughs> We are talking about marketing series, which both of us have quite a lot of experience with since we both have series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to be kind of approaching this in two diff- from two different perspectives because I am and have always been a wide author. So I publish on Amazon, uh, Apple, Barnes & Noble, Google Play, um, Kobo, I, I I do all the things. Yep. Whereas Tina is I am an, right. I'm Amazon exclusive for digital books, which means you can only purchase my ebooks on Kindle Unlimited if you are part of that program, or you can buy them on Amazon. Print is always wide. Um, any audiobooks are always wide, but for ebooks, right. I am exclusive to the Zon. <laughs> right. And this does make a difference when you're approaching 
when you're talking about marketing a series, because how you market a series when you're wide, like me, is different than how you approach marketing a series when you are exclusive to Amazon, like Tina is. So we're going to discuss some of the differences, some of the similarities, and um, let's jump into it, I guess. So yeah. Why don't we, why don't we talk about you? So your series, tell us a little bit about your series specifically that you have in KU. So it's um, sci-fi romance, which is very much, if you look at the sci-fi romance bestseller charts, KU heavy, meaning a lot of the sci-fi romance titles are a part of KU. There are a few authors who I am friends with that are wide, but the vast majority I would say are KU. So it's one of those genres that lends itself to that particular program. Um, and my series in particular is trope specific. So it's faded mates, it's more humanoid aliens. They are not as opposed to like monster romance, which has become its own subgenre. Yes, no it there. I love it. I think <laughs> it's amazing. I'm all about it, but I haven't written it yet. So I'm so I'm still specifically in alien romance. And yeah, book three is coming out this Friday. Super excited for it. Also, I would say in KU, in general, not, not for every title and not for every genre, but there is this kind of pressure to rapid release. Meaning yes. You are doing multiple books a year. Some do every, you know, four weeks. Some do every eight weeks. Um, some do every, I would say four to eight weeks is the average. Um, I've been doing about 12 weeks just because it's tough to write that fast. <laughs> Especially um, when you're running yeah. a publishing house on top of it. So if that oh, was your, <laughs> if that was like your, if that was your only job was just, if you were a full-time writer, it makes it a little yeah. bit easier to just focus on pumping those books out in that, you know, six to eight week cycle. For sure. um, but when you have another job outside of that, that takes significant time, that does make it a little bit more challenging, but that is one yeah big difference I would say between marketing a series um, that's in KU versus wide because mm -hmm. KU is definitely rapid release friendly yeah we'll, we'll, we'll say friendly mm -hmm. um, because there is there is a 30 day and 90 day cliff yes and if you surpass that 90 day cliff it does hurt you significantly. Mm -hmm. Uh, from an algorithmic standpoint, whereas with wide, now it still affects you on Amazon to a certain extent, even if you're wide, because Amazon is just Amazon. Right. Their algorithm doesn't really change exactly, you know, as far as like what they Timing. like and what they don't, yeah. they're ideal. However, when you're wide, you aren't only focused on Amazon, you are also focused on all the other retailers as well. And the other retailers are not uh, rapid release. They're not set up for that rapid release model. They, exactly. They're more set up for the traditional publishing model, which the traditional publishing model is a release once a year. Yep. Um, so it, they don't penalize you like Amazon does, and you can look at it as they, I mean, if you don't want to look at it as they penalize you, you don't have to, but they kind of do because they do but bury you, you yeah. know, in the algorithms. If you do not subscribe to their ideal model, 
whereas the other retailers do not do that. And because of that, even though I sell more on Amazon than I do on the other retailers still, um, it's a lot closer. Like I am at like 60% Amazon, 40% my other retailers. And so it's still, I mean, so they're not that far off. Mm -hmm. um, now, granted, the other retailers are multiples versus uh, Amazon is one, but still, if you think that 40% of my income is not Amazon, that's significant. Yeah. And I think um, it's really important too for, before we kind of get into the deep dive of the marketing mm -hmm. side of it is to like figure out what kind of author you are and what you want to be, right? Cause that's right. gonna, that's gonna depend on how, on this decision of whether to go KU or wide. And if you want to go into a genre that is very KU heavy, like sci-fi romance, for example, um, it's not saying that you can't do it because I have seen it, seen some authors become very successful that are wide in that genre. It's just that you are basically have to think about that kind of that extra hurdle in the beginning, especially when you're first starting out, because the thing with KU is also very friendly to like newer authors who are trying mm -hmm. to get their work out because it does value those those KU books higher in the algorithm because let's face it KU is Amazon's program and it's exclusivity and so they're going to push that first from right they put they definitely put more backing behind their KU authors so yeah I will say if you are thinking about going wide you need to understand that going wide is a long game Yes. It is not a short-term solution. You are not going to boom, get a big paycheck right off of the gate. Uh, it is a lot, like I said, it is a long game. It is a long strategy. Every single retailer is different when you're talking marketing. I mean, I mean, when you go, when you break it down, it, the, the blurb that works best on Apple is not the same blurb that's going to work best on Barnes and Noble. Mm. It's not the same blurb that's going to work best on Google Play. It, it, so, and it's not the same that's going to work on, on Amazon either. Every single one of them has different criteria that help their particular algorithms. And if you are going to go wide, you, especially with the series, you need to know what each one of those retailers requires to get your Big, put your best foot forward. Right. And that is a lot more work. But if you can put in that work, learn how they how they function and what they're looking for, it can pay off in a big way. Um, but again, whereas Amazon, you're only, first of all, you're only learning one retailer. Mm -hmm. You only need to learn how to do one retailer. And once you learn that, you can, you know, you can just focus on that and go with it, which is a lot easier for new, newer authors sometimes. Exactly. Um, so you got to kind of go into it knowing what you're getting and what you're, what you're approaching. So you, when you uh, picked, decided to go into KU for your series, mm -hmm. your reasoning behind that was because it was where most of them in that genre were. Was that your yeah. reasoning? So I will say that I was very specific with this sci-fi romance series. I tell the story a lot that I was um, a paranormal romance author and I read a sci-fi romance book kind of on a whim. I had always been a sci-fi fan, but I kind of read it on a whim. It was recommended to me. I'm like, okay, let's, let's give it a shot. And I was instantly hooked. 
But before I put one word on the page and made this jump into sci-fi romance, I spent about two years reading as much in the genre as I could get my hands on and really studying not only the market, but also studying the craft of what were expectations for readers in this genre. What were the tropes? What were the themes? What was the length of the books? What was, where was it selling? Um, and in that process, I really discovered that the vast majority of sci-fi romances that were selling had similarities between them. One of the similarities was being in KU and also this kind of rapid release schedule. So I had to do a lot of soul searching as well and decide like, is this something I wanna do? I'd always been a wide author. I'd always been a slower paced author. It took me you know, years to write my first book and then it kind of shortened up after that as I learned craft more, but still I was, I was not a fast writer by any stretch of the imagination. So I had to have a little bit of soul searching and decide like, is this something that I wanted to do? Um, and right. once I decided to make that jump, it was pretty easy to, to make the decision to go KU and to, to put out this kind of rapid release. I'm still not as rapid as I would be, like you said, if I was a, an actual um, full-time author, um, but because I have the, the company, I'm not quite as fast as, I, as I'd like to be. However, I do think um, you can be slower, but again, you can't be too, you can't, it's not one book a year. It's mm -hmm. really unlikely that you're going to do well in the algorithms if it's one book a year, unless we do have a series um, with City Al that is extremely popular, that is in KU, but she has kind of established her fan base. So whether she was KU or wide, honestly, wouldn't matter for her because she is that type of author who just has a, a very um, loyal fan base. But for the most part, KU is definitely lending to a more rapid release schedule. Right. So first thing you need to try to decide with if you're going to uh, market a series, because A, we all know that as far as marketing goes, series really kind of is the way to go. It's the easiest way to establish a readership mm -hmm. is for series um, because you're more likely, it's easier to get a reader to start a series, you know, once you get them to start a series to get them to go on to the next book versus trying to sell them on a new standalone novel every right. single time. Um, but if you're doing that, you really need to look at how quickly do you realistically write? And I do say realistically, because you can have all the best intentions in the world. I would love to be able to pump out a book every couple months, mm -hmm. but I know better, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> It's just not going to happen for me. Um, so if you are a slower writer and you know that you're only going to be able to get one or two books out a year, um, you really need, and you're, and you're leaning towards thinking you want to go into KU, you really should look and do a lot of research to see if that is going to work for you. Because just because you're in KU does not mean that you're automatically going to get page reads. Right. There are plenty of books in KU that do not get page reads. Yep. So um, if, you know, and it, so if you are, you know, a slower writer like I am, um, I'm lucky if I get two books out a year. That's just in, you know, sometimes I only get one, but um, I do try to get two books out a year and it just doesn't make sense to me 
to for, for me to go into KU. And, and right. plus I'm in a genre, I'm writing in BDSM and I'm writing in contemporary romance. And well, those are genres that do very, very well wide. Yeah. So and contemporary romance in KU is probably the most competitive genre on the platform. If you are trying to break into contemporary romance, especially as a newer author in KU, I think you'd have an extremely hard time mm-hmm. doing so. You're better off at that point being wide, regardless, even if you publish fast, in, in my experience. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would say even, yeah, if you're, I don't think it's impossible if you want to mm-hmm. go KU and you're contemporary, but I think you are almost guaranteed to need to be writing um no more than 50,000 words mm-hmm. novels and you need to be put, pumping them out at least every 60 days. That's a really <laughs> good point and I didn't mention that my books are all 45 to 50,000. Yeah. And a lot of books in my genre in KU in general are in that range. Some of them go up to 60, right. but not a lot of them are actually over 60. Again, because of that more rapid release I think authors in general just need to be writing a little bit shorter, but it's also the attention of that type of reader. A reader in KU gobbles mm-hmm. up books. They're reading, you know, I, I mean, I've seen readers read hundreds of books a month in KU, which is amazing to me and, and wild, but that means they're reading multiple books a day. Mm-hmm. So for readers to kind of keep that pace, the, the books need to be shorter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there is a lot of, things that you need to consider just just going into it before you've really even written the first word because this is all things that ideally a an author should be thinking about before they ever I mean before they ever really sit down to start writing Mm -hmm. I mean like you were saying with your genre and stuff I mean you did so you did two years worth of research Mm -hmm before you sat down and wrote your sci-fi series because you understood that you would be better off knowing what the genre expected of you. Absolutely. And I think that's a really big difference too in this idea of like, they talk about writing the book of your heart, right? Versus writing Mm -hmm. to market. And I'm not saying those things can't be merged together, but when you're in this kind of like KU mindset, it, to me and to most authors I find who do well on the platform are really writing to market. Oh, They're yeah. not putting out this like extremely, you know, different book that may have a niche audience that may not catch on. No, they, they know their genre and they are giving readers the expectations that readers have for that genre. Right, exactly. Yeah, they do seem to be, the, the books in KU not all of them again, but right. a lot of them do tend to be very right to market, uh, very on trend for tropes and yep. things like that. Um, whereas wide, you really can Everything. write outside the box. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't have to write to market. You can write things that are completely non-tropey if you want if that's the word you want to use honestly sherry your book is a great example because you have slave right that has bdsm but no no sex sex. yeah and that yeah imagine doing that in ku imagine doing that in in the genre ku right it just it, it would probably get horrible ratings because of the expectations meanwhile 
that's your top selling book why so yeah that alone yeah is a great example of like what mm-hmm. writing wide is and marketing wide is versus the KU program so how do right. you market that book Sherry? how do you market that whole series Okay, so first of all, Slave, my uh, my Finding Anna series, which the first book is Slave, and it is a serial series. So uh, this the same couple over the course of multiple books. Right now, it is sitting at five books. There will be a sixth book coming out next year. Um, I'm thinking that's going to be the last book in the series, but I don't know because I've said that before. It was only supposed to be four books, and it already has another book. Um, because I had readers asking for more, but, um, with that particular series and with wide in general, uh, most of the time having a first in series free Mm -hmm. is a wonderful marketing technique. It works. and, And again, it works way better than it does. If you are a KU author, even though that's perma free. That's perma free. Right. Yeah. Perma free. So slave, if you want to check, if you want to check it out, (laughs) uh, a little plug there. Um, yeah, you can, you can go, uh, you can go download it on any of the, any of the major retailers. It is absolutely free. It is a full length novel. It's 76,000 words. So it is a full length novel. Um, but I will warn you, it is in on, in on a cliffhanger (laughs) because it is a part of a serial series. Um, but uh, Perma Free in general does tend to work very well um, for wide because again, those readers that are outside of Amazon, Amazon tends to be looking, Amazon readers on the whole tend to be more deal focused. Mm-hmm. They're looking for the bargain, they're looking for the deal. Whereas readers that are on the other retailers, uh, Barnes and Noble, Apple, Kobo, um, Google Play, they're more looking for, they're, I mean, they're looking, they're looking for a good book. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you offer them a free sample, which is your first, first year, first book in the series free, if they like you as an author, they are way more likely to go ahead and go on to that second book than the readers on Amazon. Again, not not saying that they, the readers on Amazon don't do that, but statistically, mm-hmm. the percentage on the other retailers that will go read your first book free on those retailers and purchase your second book is much higher than the ones that will download and read your first book on Amazon and then go on to read your second book. So yeah. have you tried, have you tried doing, I mean, Amazon has the, um, the countdown deals. Exactly. Have you, have you utilized those? I do. Every time I release a new book, mm-hmm. I will use the 99 cent countdown on the first book in series. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some do free, but you are absolutely right that actually uh, most KU authors I've seen don't do the first book free. They certainly don't do perma free. And they don't, from again, this is just my take on it, but they don't do the free days unless they get a book book feature deal, which all bets are off when you have that. But I know right. it's a lot more used than 99 cents. And I think that's, again, to try to, I hate to say it, but to weed out the bargain hunters because there are some people who will just download like hundreds and hundreds of free books, have them, read them fit on their Kindle and they never read them. 
So it's not beneficial necessarily to use the free days in KU. Whereas on the flip side of that, the 99 cent days are really great in KU because you're you're making it just tempting enough, feeling like, oh, 99 cents, like that's, I can't even get a cup of coffee for that, right? But I can get a book and then you can kind of lead them in that way. But KU is still very much focused on page reads. And that is for the people that are paying that $10 a month to be in the program and read as many books as they can. So there's kind of like two marketing tactics with, with being in KU. It's getting those people who have the KU subscription and then getting those people who don't, enticing them enough to lead into your series. Um, and, you're, and you're right, the, the bargain hunters, um, it's not necessarily beneficial to, to put that book free. So it, you'd have, it depends on the advertising strategy too. It does. It does. And now one of the things that I will say um, to keep in mind, if you are choosing to go wide, if you do do a first in series free on the other retails, you do have to do the first in series free on Amazon as well, right. because Amazon's terms of terms of service uh, say that you could not have the ebook cheaper anywhere on any other retailer uh, than theirs is. So it has right. to be at least at the same or lower than it is on any other retailer. So you still, so you're always going to get, uh, I mean, it's not unusual for me to get, have an average, I think I have an average of about 10 to 15 mm -hmm. uh, downloads of, of Slave on Amazon every single day. And mm -hmm. I, you know, but the, but the, the read what translates into read through, um, is maybe one or two. Mm -hmm. So That's still not a bad it, percentage. It's not a bad percentage, but again, I, whereas I think I'm using, yeah, I'm usually looking at about 10% read through mm -hmm. over there. Whereas I'm looking at more like 40% read through so that's on the other different. retailers. Yeah. So I get less downloads on the other retailers of that first and free series free, but they are more likely to read it and then purchase the next book in the series if they do. So mm -hmm. it, it, it's a, it's a balancing act. So <laughs> do you price your books other than the first and series free? Do you price your books differently on different platforms? Uh, Yes and no. <laughs> so all my books, the, the pricing is the same on all the platforms with one exception. Uh, and that is Google Play. And the reason is, is because in order to get to trigger their algorithms and to end up being shown in, um, in the right places on their pages and being recommended, you have to have regular price drops. Well, so you're either going to have to drop, continue to drop your, your price to under your normal price, which means because of Al Amazon's algorithms and their terms of service, you have to drop, drop it on that too. Mm -hmm. Or you have to raise your price on Google Play and then be able to drop it down to what your normal so a right. lot of authors, a lot of white authors are now finding that if they just take, um, they if they basically have their books, just do them a little higher on Google Play, and then they can drop them down periodically to regular price. Um, 
it will actually trigger the algorithms and it's not against um, Google Play's term of, terms of service to do that. So, so that tells me also that Google Play readers are probably paying normally more for books in general because of the types of readers that they're getting on their platform. They are. Um, one of the, I think one of the reasons that it works there and that they're not, the readers there are a little more willing to pay more is because um, Google owns all the information. Mm. They own all the things when it comes to data and analytics. And they're not only looking at what you are looking at on their site, they are looking at everything you search. They are looking through everything that you are uh, going to through their Chrome browser, if you use their, if you use Chrome, um, they are literally looking at the big picture. So mm -hmm. if you are going and looking at, you know, if you're over here looking at, say, cats, you know, you're doing searching on cats in, you know, and all this cat information on here. When you go on the Google Play website, if you have an account set up, they're going to show you on one of their lists, they're going to show you cat books. They're mm -hmm. going to show you books about cats. Or if you are a fiction reader, they're going to maybe show you some cozy mysteries that feature cats. You know, <laughs> so they're going to target books that are of inch that are most likely going to be of interest to you. So it's a mm -hmm. very targeted uh, compilation mm -hmm. of recommendations that they're providing you so in that respect by them doing this it it provides the reader a better experience mm -hmm. even than amazon is giving them because it is taking all of this data and saying these books are handpicked for you right based on everything we know about you these are what we think you are going to like the best mm -hmm. and so they're going to be more likely to find a book in those recommendations that they're going to love mm -hmm. versus it being a crapshoot. Right. No, I <laughs> you know, because Amazon's Amazon's more going by their algorithms. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to be like, oh, this is a bestseller in romance. So here we're going to recommend this to you. Yeah. But it may be you may like cowboy romances and they're, you know, they're suggesting, you know, a kinky romance to you. It may not so it that may not exactly be the same. That gets us into like a little more of the nitty gritty and specifics of marketing in terms of advertising. Mm -hmm. So Amazon ads, I would yes. say specifically for KU authors, this can work for wide as well, but specifically for KU authors, Amazon ads are almost a must because you want to target the same books in your genre, not only in your genre, but are similar enough to yours that you are landing on the Amazon pages of those other books and other authors. So, <laughs> whereas a wide author who is not as concerned about Amazon's algorithm will not have to do this. However, a KU author, it's, it's almost a given that you need to run some type of Amazon ads so that you make sure that you're ending up on the right Amazon pages. On top mm -hmm. of that, I have found recently that, and, and I've gone back and forth with Facebook ads for myself, for the company, a million, I can't even tell you how many times <laughs> with Facebook ads, but I have noticed that recently Facebook ads that have excerpts and 
specifically states in Kindle Unlimited and then targeting to Kindle Unlimited readers who read in my genre have worked really well. And I've never had Facebook ads work as well as what that is doing right now. And that could change any moment because heck knows that they always change, but that's something that's very specific to, um, to KU and to uh, knowing your genre. Mm -hmm. And I will say that for me, uh, be writing BDSM, Amazon does not like BDSM. No Amazon ads for you. <laughs> no. So even if I, even if I put together the cleanest cover ever that meets all their criteria, the minute that it says BDSM, dominance, submission, even if I abbreviate it and say dom or sub or mm -hmm. alpha or no alpha uh, any no of that yeah yeah none of that yep i had to take it out of my blurb they'll kick it no alpha yeah i mean mm -hmm. they'll kick it so yep. they will be like nope you can't run ads can't run ads on it um so yeah if you are a bdsm author they are not ku ads or kid amazon ads friendly mm -hmm. at all um, yet another reason to go wide. <laughs> yet another reason to go wide for me. Um, but yeah, um, and now if you're going to, if you want to do ads uh, for, and you are a BDSM author or a sexier author um, when it comes to romance, um, or even honestly, even if you're doing like a, a murder mystery or something where it's like a thriller and you're going to mm -hmm. have a lot of blood and guts and stuff like that uh, a lot of graphic violence amazon might not be overly friendly to you it's mm -hmm. not just the sex stuff that although they do tend to come down on that a little bit harder than they do the blood and guts yeah. but still if you have a lot of gore on your cover um they're not gonna they're not gonna be kosher with that either so um you may have to go a different route now Facebook is probably the next strict, most strict um, when it comes to ads. You can advertise BDSM and books and, um, you know, books, murder mysteries and all sets kind of stuff, thrillers, but you have to be a little creative sometimes. You can't, um, you can't show background pictures that have uh, that are too sexy or imply a sexual position. Mm -hmm. or, I mean, I even had one one time I tried to do where the couple was embracing mm -hmm. um, in, in a window and they, um, the girl was in a bra and the guy was shirtless and that was too racy for yeah. Facebook. So you have to kind of be careful you can do it and you have to make it clear in your uh your text but again you have to be a little creative sometimes because you can say you can say alpha you can say dominant submission bdsm that kind of stuff but there are you can't curse mm -hmm. in a facebook ad text which is interesting like if you're doing an excerpt you're gonna have you have to like do little asterisks or whatever in the, <laughs> right in the word and the obviously you word. can't have a full-on you know sexy scene right right exactly <laughs> Don't do you, that. Can't, you can't do that so um so you got to keep that in mind um the most uh liberal i guess uh easiest way to uh do a facebook ad if you are writing sexier stuff 
is BookBub. Now, mm-hmm. BookBub is expensive as it goes. <laughs> it yeah. can be effective. It can be effective, but it does take a lot of work. And it is also things, which is goes to the point where you should really utilize your newsletter. <laughs> right. So one thing though about, uh, for first with Facebook ads, you, it's actually, so this, again, this goes back and forth depending on which, what year you're watching this video or listening to it, because sometimes in years past, it used to be that the cover in a Facebook ad was great. And now it's mm. that don't put the cover in the Facebook ad at all. Just put an interesting image and then run the Facebook ad like that. Um, right. BookBub though. So BookBub specifically people get confused on because they have BookBub featured deals, mm-hmm. which are curated and what you must apply for. And I, and I don't know what their statistics currently are, but I think it's less than 10% actually get accepted for one. Oh yeah. It's low. Yeah. And then they have BookBub um, ads, uh, CPC ads, which is um, the click-through ads. So those anyone can run and they're similar to Facebook ads or Amazon ads. Um, I personally have never had success with BookBub ads, but I know specifically that people do. So I can't speak to whether KU works with BookBub ads. It's just for me personally, they haven't worked. Um, no. no. Um, well, okay. So from my experience, and I have, I have fiddled with BookBub ads a little bit, um, but what I have found and what I've heard from other authors who do use them more um, regularly is don't use them for Amazon. Yeah. Um, they are there um, because, and that's, that's mainly because of cost. Um, mm-hmm. You just, in order to get an, an ad to run effectively uh, targeting Amazon readers, the cost per click is too high. You mean you you just you you can't make you you know it's just really 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 hard to make your money back. I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it is really really challenging to do that. It is easier to make your money back if you're targeting the um, the other retailers. And the thing is, is if you have a book that's not BDSM, <laughs> where you can run Amazon ads, the rule of thumb is typically run Amazon ads to target Amazon readers for those books and then run the BookBub ads and the Facebook ads else. to targets mm-hmm. for everybody else. Good advice. So you're getting kind of the best of both worlds. It is, a, again, run it, being wide is, I mean, just straight up, it is more work. For sure. Mm-hmm. Than running KU it, it, to, to upload your book to KU. It really, really is. Um, but again, it is a long game. Me personally, I chose to go, um, wide a long time ago because I did not want to put all my eggs in Amazon's basket. Amazon Mm -hmm. is notorious for changing the rules, going, you know, trying to fix a problem and end up in, they end up punishing people, innocent people, um, as collateral damage. And I didn't, I wasn't okay with that. So mm-hmm. for me, it was a moral question. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that's something that everybody has, every author has to decide for themselves. Sometimes some authors aren't bothered by that. They're okay right. with putting all their eggs in Amazon's basket. And they know they're And as long as you know the risks and potential mm-hmm. rewards, as long as you know the score, um, that's fine. If that's what you decide works for you, that's fine. Yeah. But for me, it did not, I wasn't okay with that. So mm-hmm. I, I chose a different path. But. I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah, you're good with it. You're good at that. I was watching, I was
was watching a um, a webinar here recently. Um, Claire Taylor, uh-huh. uh, she um, she was uh, she was being interviewed, and I guess she's she's doing a Kickstarter right now, where she's her book. There she's uh, promoting a book uh, in uh, master classes and stuff on enneagrams. Mm-hmm. So basically, your personality types. Right. Yeah, the different personality types. And she was explaining, they were talking a little bit about KU and wide. And they were saying that that a lot of times it's your personality type. Like depending on where you fit on that wheel, that Enneagram wheel, is whether or not you are like, you know, oh yeah, oh in KU or, you know, (laughs) heck no, I'm not doing that. I have my Enneagram. I know that I think I'm a three and an eight or a three and a seven. I'm forgetting now, but yeah, no, I, I completely am down with the, the Enneagram uh, wheel for sure. And I, yes. do, and I do think I have a very KU personality, type. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine. And again, it, that's fine. KU is not okay. Despite the fact that it's not right for me personally, um, you know, KU is what it is. Exactly. But, but if you're going to go, whichever route you're going to go, you just need to do your research mm-hmm. and be aware of what you're getting yourself into. But I do think diversification is important, right? So we're talking specifically ebooks here. KU is only right. an ebook game. So right. you are 100% putting all your eggs into KU's basket when you decide, to, into Amazon's basket when you decide to go that way. And it's important to know all of the things behind that and what that means. However, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you can't diversify. And there, yes, we can do a whole podcast on diversifying um, your Which books we may. and your business. Yeah, maybe <laughs> something you have to do. Um, but before we wrap this up, we, you mentioned newsletters and we cannot go yes. series without newsletters. So yes. Sherry, you are the kind of the queen of the newsletter because I get your newsletter every week and I personally <laughs> enjoy it. So what is your strategy when you are putting out your weekly newsletter? Um, first of all, first rule of thumb that I would say I would recommend to any author that is putting out a newsletter, post things in your newsletter to your newsletter subscribers that you are not sharing anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Make it content. special because if it's not, there's not something in there and it doesn't have to be major. I mean, I just sent out a newsletter today and i'm i mean i probably wrote maybe a hundred maybe 250 words okay so no mm-hmm. bigger than a like a blurb uh, on a book blurb okay and i talked about you know what's been going on in my life this week i shared a picture of my cat curled up beside my desk you know mm-hmm. snoozing I, you know, I talked about the fact that I've been working um, on my uh, current work in progress and working on the blurb. And then I also shared that I have a paperback coming out from a previous book that I never got around to putting the paperback out. That's it. 250 Mm -hmm. words. That's it. But that information, I haven't shared anywhere else on social media. Mm -hmm. That is and I haven't, the picture that I shared of my cat, I haven't shared that anywhere else on social media. That is right. specifically special to my newsletter subscribers. And I would say 
The same needs to hold true if you go and if you do like a Patreon. Mm -hmm. You need to have specific things that you are sharing, specific content that you are providing to your readers that is unique. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, why are they signing up? Right. Now you can do something um, exclusive that are just for your newsletter subscribers, your reader group, your Patreon, whatever it might mm be. And you can also do, um, sometimes I do like first look content. Mm -hmm. So my my patrons will get to see this before Mm -hmm. my reader group does. My reader group will then get to see it and my newsletter might get to see it before the general public does. So it's kind of like tiered phases of things right. for example like a cover reveal right so eventually everybody's going to see the oh cover, yeah yeah but yeah. you want to have it for the people that are you know have signed up in whatever way they've signed up mm-hmm. uh, to have it first so first yep. look content also i would say yep. and i will say for my um the way i do it with say a cover reveal mm-hmm. is my patrons are going to get it first they get first mm-hmm. look because they're they're paying me for early access to content. So they get it first. They're the first to see it. Then my newsletter subscribers see it. Mm -hmm. Then it gets posted on social media. So that's the order in which it happens. And that is typically a pretty solid order of what happens with the exception of things like um, with my Patreon, with my patrons, um, I, I actually post my chapters as I write them. Mm-hmm. So they're getting first access to unedited content. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that never gets to my newsletter subscribers. They're not getting right. that and they're not getting access. They'll get a, they'll get a sample. They'll get a, able to read a sample of first few chapters. Um, once it's been edited, like right mm-hmm. before it comes out, they'll kind of get an early access to that. Um, if they, you know, if they want, if they want that, however, they're not going to actually get to see and really be part of my writing process. That's solely for my patrons. So when you're, Mm -hmm. when you're sitting down thinking about your marketing strategy, because I think a lot of authors just kind of, they don't know what to, especially new authors, they don't really know what they should post where, and, and they just kind of like throw it all out there. Yeah, like, here it is. Um, but having a strategy, because um, it is a business. I, I, we've said mm-hmm. this a million times before. It's a business. Yeah, you need to treat it like a business. You would not run a corporation and just be like, okay, I'm just going to throw all this stuff out here and hope <laughs> something sticks. Yeah. You know, um, you're going to have a plan, or a, a, at least if you're a successful business, you're going to have a plan. And we want you all to be successful. We want to be successful. So. I think that's the, that's the perfect way to wrap it up too, because when you're when you're thinking about marketing a series, your very first step, which mm-hmm. we talked about, was decide KU or wide. That's going to come down to, yes, who you are as a writer. It's going to come down to what you want to put out there, and then it's going to come down to how you want to market. So mm-hmm. there are the different ways to market that we we talked about in terms of advertising, um, and then of course this this content that any writer can do in terms of patrons, reader groups, newsletters, and thinking about how to tier that out, how to have exclusivity in your content or limited time first look things for the different groups. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a perfect way to end. 
So hopefully you have all gotten some bit of good information out of this conversation and got a few ideas on how to uh, write your own series and market yeah. it. Uh, so until next week, have a great week of writing and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bound by Books podcast. For more information about the show and all of our hosts, visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review.